This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me, continuing those position preview podcasts we did the offensive side over the last two weeks we had quarterback running back wide receiver tight end offensive line uh over the next few days we will be releasing our defensive side of the ball episode so we'll look at defensive line edge i think there's enough to talk about with those two position groups that we're going to do them separately linebacker defensive back so combining quarter cornerback and safety and then special teams. Gotten a lot of positive feedback about them so far. Uh, so hopefully you guys continue to enjoy this side of the ball. A lot, lot more questions on this side of the ball. But but obviously the same format will be there where we talk about the biggest strength. We talk about the biggest question mark we each have. And then make a prediction. So this, this episode will look at the defensive line. Very fascinating position group this season. I think there was, there was some concern about the room when, when Christopher Hinton left. And obviously... Um, some of the depth guys moved on as well. But I think as we get closer to fall camp, I think there's continued optimism uh, just running through the projected depth chart. Obviously, Mozzie Smith, uh, not just a returning starter, but but it sounds like he's the vocal leader on defense. Sounds like he's he's kind of taken that Aiden Hutchinson leadership leap where he he has just elevated his training, how he leads by example, but also is more vocal. A um, lot of excitement about him. A lot of excitement about Chris Jenkins. We have talked about him plenty in our previous podcast. Um, I mean, really dating back to to, the, to last fall, but also in the winter and the spring, and then a couple times this summer. So those two are the projected starters. And then I think from there, there's there's a lot of intriguing players who are predominantly on the younger side of things. You know, Rayshon Benny, freshman Mason Graham, uh, you know, George Rooks, and then there's a couple. Kenneth Grant can't can't forget him. A couple older veterans who are still trying to to get into that starting lineup. The UCF transfer Cam Good, Julius Welshoff, who made the uh, you know Bruce Feldman of the Athletics his his freaks list because of his ten foot five broad jump, four six eight forty yard dash. So lot and then and then Mike Morris is someone who might pop in at times. He's an edge rusher right now, but um, as is Welshoff. But I think you'll see. Both of them, I think they used to call it the NASCAR package, you know, and, and passing downs. They like to like to be small and quick on the inside. So a lot of lot of interesting storylines, a lot of talented players do think there still is uh, some pieces to put together. And we'll talk about those in a moment. But for now, the biggest strength of the room for me, my mine is is the run defense. You know, I, I think between the Michigan's emphasis and that beat Ohio drill. And we talked about how good the, the tight ends and the offensive linemen are at run blocking. Really feel like the, the defensive linemen this year are fantastic run blockers. I mean, Mozzie Smith, hard not to be excited about you know, how, he, how well he played against Ohio State, how well he played against uh, Iowa 
and Penn State kind of toward the tail end of the season, really stopping the run. He was one of the one of the higher ranking run stoppers in uh, you know pro football focuses grades. He actually finished 22nd nationally with 19 run stops, which is a a run that's made either at the one you know one yard gain, zero or a tackle for loss. And and Chris Jenkins is pretty darn good at stopping the run too. That that was really his strength last season, more so than his pass rushing. Uh, he actually led of 219 power five interior defensive linemen. He led all of them in stop rate, 15 stops on 108 run defense snaps. That's really good. That That's someone who's, who's finding the ball is not getting pushed around and, and is making plays and isn't missing tackles, isn't arm tackling is in position and, and converts. And I think, I think Mozzie Smith is the same way, you know, with this combination of, of strength. I think the, uh, the force he's able to push use with, you know, with his upper body uh, as well as he's just a hard guy to move. So I think those two at the top and then working down, I feel like Michigan could very seriously be one of the best run defenses in the country this season. And I think those two are a major reason why Steve, what's your biggest strength for this room? There there's talent. Uh, they, a lot of them got bigger over the off season. What, what really stands out to you as, as this group's bread and butter? I got, I got to be honest, I, I, Mozzie Smith just alone did, I, I think the, you know, we, you talked about the Bruce Feldman freaks list earlier. I were, was anyone else as shocked as I was when Mozzie Smith was listed as the number one guy? The only thing more shocking was that all of those numbers, right? Like I was surprised to see him number one, but as, after I read it, I'm like, yeah, he had to be number one. Right. But we never really heard much about, his athletic ability, not saying, I mean, it's clear he's athletic, right? Like that's not a question. And like you said, you know, he really came on near the end of last season, but did not know he was at this level. Uh, I mean, I think just with that in mind and knowing, you know, you're looking at a guy who is coming into his own. I, I mean, I, it's a position I, I know I, from my standpoint, I feel a lot better about the interior line now than I already did. Uh, just because he's got a chance to be a total a force on the inside, right? And so I'll say Mozzie, and then the other the other kind. I don't know if it's really a strength. It's a weird way to say. It. I just feel like they have a lot of guys who are like rising. You know, you talk about Chris Jenkins. Yep. You know, both both Rayshon Benny and George Rooks had good springs. They both of them were very effective in the spring game. And then we've heard nothing but good stuff about both Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant. Again, I know with freshmen, it can be a mixed bag, but I think Mason Graham in particular had the early, enrolled early, was in for the spring ball, could be a guy that sees the field. You know, so feeling it, yeah, I mean, I just, you have to be enamored with what potential Mozzie Smith has this season, but also I think on the other hand, just for the sake of not listing one player as a strength, uh, I think they're in a position where, yeah, there are a lot of guys that are developing and rising at the same time. And, you know, it was interesting. I know it's not edge, but uh, people on the board talked about, you know, I don't think we had Ojabo in the top 25 most important players heading into last season. It's like D line kind of feels like a spot. I don't think we're going to see a guy emerge to the level that Ojabo did, but it feels like it more than maybe any position. There are a lot of candidates for guys who really could rise and, and make a significant impact for them this season. So, you know, I think that's kind of a strength. Yeah, uh, going to be very fascinating to see 
who, if, or who, you know, does kind of emerge out of that group to play alongside. Yeah. We suspect what that Smith Jenkins, probably the top two guys there who, you know, emerges into that third or fourth spot and, and do they become any, you know, are, will Michigan be stronger at three and four than most programs will? Cause I think the potential is there for them to be that. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Uh, regarding the Ajabo thing, he was in our breakout top breakout players list. And I think around this time last year, you started to hear what I call unprompted praise. And that's, you know, if you're in press conferences or hearing the different interviews, if you, if, if a player is asked about the coaches are never going to say anything negative. They're not going to be like, eh, not really, not really can you contributing for us, but it's when they bring. So, so, you know, I'm always kind of hesitant, like, Oh, they, they really said nice things about player a it's like, well, yeah. Cause they asked, they were asked about player a, but if they mention player B in the, like how it's fall camp or who's really standing out to you, that means a little bit more. And so, yeah, Jabo started to get that. And, and I, think, I think Michigan has a few guys on the defensive line who are starting to get that unprompted praise. I think Benny is one. I think Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, especially, I mean, defensive line, you can look at Michigan's history. You can look around the country. Not a lot of year one defensive linemen at top tier programs that just come in and are, are starters and contributors. And, but I th- I'm hearing more about Graham and Grant as freshmen than I think I've heard from any defensive tackle lineman uh, in, in recent years in terms of first year guys. And, and Kenneth Grant made the freaks list too. So clearly they've got, uh, they've got some talent in that room. And I think, I think they bulked up a lot this season. I think I can concluded that the scholarship defensive tackles or defensive linemen added over 100 pounds uh, this off season from where they were previously listed. So very good size that could arguably be a strength, but yeah, I think, I, I, I think there's a lot of optimism about those players. There's not a lot of guys that they don't want to say anything about or kind of quiet about or forget to mention uh, at, at other position groups. There are players that are, are not being mentioned or not being discussed and it's not as colorful or not. A, there isn't as much excitement talking about players at other positions, but at this position, it does feel like they have six or seven guys that, that, it's a matter of when they'll be stars versus if uh, Mozzie Smith. Oh, go ahead. Can I, add, can I add something real quick? I think what's even more interesting is the two guys that maybe haven't been talked about a ton, Ike Awana and uh, Dom Gudice. Mm-hmm. Those guys were expected to be like year three, like type right. guys when Michigan took them. Right. I mean, they're as, as far as we know, they're on the progression that they're supposed to be, you know, those, and those are the only two guys that you really haven't heard maybe like a ton about at this point. Right. So like even the guys that aren't getting the, the major praise in the press conferences or anything yet, for all we know are guys that are still on the path uh, to becoming contributors at some point. So yeah, top to bottom, it just not really a weak spot necessarily, you know, and Cam good hasn't really been mentioned much to be honest. Yeah, and if, uh, if he's, not projected as a top three or four lineman. That's not a diss on Cam Good, but that means Michigan's defensive line is very talented right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, real quick on the Mozzie Smith numbers, I'm going to just read a few of them. Just, and I'm curious, Steve, which one, which one rattles your brain the most? Uh, he's 337 pounds, six foot three for context. He does 22 
reps on the bench press at 325 pounds, not 225 like in the in the combine, 325. His close get grip bench press is 550 pounds. Vertical leap 44 inches. I, I that's the one where I almost like I want to see video of that because I'm not totally convinced, but at the same time, uh, you know, all of these numbers are pretty crazy. Broad jump nine foot four, which again at 337 is insane. 4.41 shuttle time. And what's the last one? Oh, six nine five three cone, which is crazy. I mean, that's that's good for a lot of position groups that aren't defensive tackle and three hundred and thirty seven pounds. So, Steve, I'm just curious, like which one of those really blows your mind the most, or was it the plyo video that, that it, I was gonna? I was gonna say the plyo video was pretty. I want to try that just to see what my time would be. Uh, it wouldn't <laughs> be that, but it just be. No. I've never. <laughs> I've never seen. Uh, that is like a thing. And I thought that was pretty sweet. So that, but yeah, I mean the vertical jump and the, that bench press number. Uh, Cause yeah. what 225 is the weight at the combine, correct? Yep. Yeah. I mean, there are guys putting up less than that at 225. Right. The combine. To, so, you know, I just, man, you hear those numbers and you think like, if, if, if he, if he has the football acumen, I mean, this is like superstar potential with that athleticism. Like I said, that's why, that's why him being named number one was just such a fascinating thing for me, because I'm like, like I said, you know, we've heard stories about, you know, guys like Jabril Peppers, Rashawn Gary, like those guys, you know, some of those stuff guys, but like, we didn't really hear much about Mozzie in the weight room or Mozzie, you know, speed wise, agility wise. And like, these numbers are outrageous, especially because people remember, I know he's had asthma or has asthma, I believe, or that, that was when matter of fact, when he's being recruited, that was one of the things was, you know, is that his uh, conditioning would be harder to overcome because some kind of asthma type condition. So the fact that he's putting up these numbers is just, it's bonkers. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just crazy, but gotta be the vert for sure at that size. And to me though, that, that three twenty five number is, is outrageous too. I mean, that's, I I put it in a weightlifting like conversion website. It's like what that would equate to for 225. And the number was 44. That's, I mean, I I wonder what's the record. I was going to say that's gotta be at least flirting with the combine records. So Um, and I, I'd heard about bench press and squat that he was the strongest on the team. I had not heard about this quickness. Uh, and, and to those who are skeptical of it, that's fine. I, I would not be surprised. But Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson also lived up to their crazy. They were also top two in the freaks list. Uh, and so they also lived up to the crazy numbers, actually. So... You know, I, I feel like teams always kind of like fudge stuff, but I, I do feel like Michigan, uh, so far, players have met what has made these stories and, and have, I don't know, it might be true. Might be true. Okay, biggest question mark for the defensive line. I don't have a ton to say about this one. I think it's pretty straightforward. Can Michigan get some true pass rushing from the interior? I think uh, last season, I think you saw it in pieces. I think the one thing about Mozzie, that that has to be encouraging is that it, it wasn't like he got dwarfed in games. Like there weren't games where he was totally ineffective in the pass rush. I just don't know that he was like stunningly effective as a pass rusher. Like, uh, you know, I know Ohio state, they get, 
they got a lot of pass rush from the interior last season. That really helped them. I don't think Michigan had that. But I think one thing that's encouraging is it wasn't like he was great against Northwestern and then couldn't do it against Penn State or Ohio State. Like He was getting pressure in pretty much every game. But I, I, I feel like there's room to grow there. Chris Jenkins, much he wasn't in a lot of pass rushing situations, but not much of a pass rusher yet in terms of proof. I kind of like Benny's film you know, from high school since we didn't get to see him a ton last season. I actually kind of like his ability as a pass rusher. I'm curious about, about him, Mason Graham, and Cam Good kind of being, being wild cards. And then, of course, you know they can always just go with a, a Mike Morris or a Julius Welshoff kind of as a jump, jumbo edge, you know, who can kind of play up front, play, play that, that defensive line, defensive tackle type position. But yeah, they got to They got to get the pass rush from somewhere, I think. And so I'm, I don't know what a good number would look like because it kind of depends on how the rest of the defense looks. But I think there's an opportunity for Michigan to get, especially with those numbers that we just mentioned from Ozzie Smith. I think there's an opportunity to get good pass rush from the inside but that is maybe one of the one of the bigger questions on the team for me is is you know what what will that look like by October? I don't think it really matters a ton in September, but when they play Iowa, when they play Penn State, when they play Michigan State, like are they gonna are are is someone like Mozzie Smith is he gonna be able to have a Mo Hurst type of season as a pass rusher, or is Michigan gonna have to you know keep its fingers crossed that some of these these edge rushers can can develop and, and produce? Steve, what's your biggest question mark for the defensive line? It has to be the same thing, right? I don't think there's really any other glaring situation. So George Rooks also, though, defensive end by trade. recruited. Yeah, because he's like, what, 275? Yeah, he's actually one of the lighter. I liked how he looks physically in the the spring game. Absolutely. Yeah, seemed like someone who could play a couple roles. Yep. So he's one to watch in that regard. But yeah, I do think, I do think it may come down to, you know, Will Smith, you know, do a, take a Mohurst type leap, you know, which again, based on what we just talked about, you got to think it's possible. Uh, I know that Mohursts don't just grow on trees. I mean, what he did at Michigan was insane. Really, to me, one of the most underappreciated, underrated players that's come through Michigan in the last ten or fifteen years. Uh, you know, because yeah, the onus. We'll talk about edge next episode, but yeah, I mean, it, we agree the onus is more on the interior to create opportunities for the edge guys, much more so than than last year, where the edge guys were kind of the stars. And at least know. draw attention, right? Yes, it, it, enough to enough to create more opportunities. We're not saying the edge guys can't get there on their own, but right. there's no like there's not an Aiden Hutchinson on this roster. Is there a David Ajabo? Probably not either. Right. It's just, it's, it's, I just don't think it's going to happen, but we feel like I feel a lot better about the interior. You know, it's going to be a yin and yang type thing where it's going to be the, it might be the opposite as it was last year. So, you know, it's got, it's got to be though, got to be the pass rush because it's been a while really probably since Mo uh, that Michigan's really had a, I wouldn't even say elite, even like a, an all conference level pass rusher on the interior. So yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yep. And and I don't I don't know about you, but uh, I think if you're thinking how can Michigan beat Ohio State for a second time, this is the question mark that is the most meaningful on the team. Like that that being able to put pressure on C.J. Stroud last season, 
that completely changed the dynamic of that game. That was, I mean, stopping the run was great. Michigan running, running the ball as well as it did was great. But I, I think, you know, you and I talked about it before the, for that game, if they can get some pressure on Stroud different, the offense looks different. And that's something that, that not every team can do. Uh, Michigan they're they're the, too good. Ohio state is too good at the skill positions, particularly at receiver. Yeah. You're going to get picked yeah. apart. Even a, a media, I'd say even a slightly above average quarterback is going to pick you apart at Ohio State if you give them time to throw the football. I mean, it's just yeah. I don't care who you throw out at defensive back. So, yep. So that I I think again, even if it's not thirty sacks, because because at the end of the day, the edge guys and the linebackers they'll get to the quarterback sooner. You know, if if everyone's rushing at the same time, but if if the interior guys can draw attention and create pressure. I think that that's, that's going to be a huge opportunity for Michigan's general defensive pass rush and general defensive productivity. All right, prediction time. Do you, what's your biggest prediction or something that you're willing to predict about this defensive line? I'm just going to keep it with Chris Jenkins. It's been on that. We had a, our debate about who was the conductor of that train. I feel like, I feel like it was me. Uh, I think Chris Jenkins takes that next step. You know, we were, we're big buyers on Mozzie Smith. Like we've, we talked about, he's been the focus of this episode, uh, but I'm still big on what Chris Jenkins is going to do. I, I just think he's got real, he's had major potential sort of un, under the radar compared to Mozzie was really starting to flash it near the end of the year last year. Um, I think he becomes a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think fan, like it is quietly a position that Michigan fans may not have to worry about. Uh for the next few seasons, just with what they have on the roster. We'll see how they recruit, but either way, uh, it just looks like a, a position that all of a sudden it was one spot. I remember a couple of years ago, even we were saying like, what are they doing on the interior? All oh, as you wake up now, all of a sudden it's like, this looks like a spot, like that could be a strength for Michigan uh, for the next three or four seasons. Yeah, I agree. My actual prediction when I did the, uh, the longer, you know, with more different, Things to discuss, my, the written defensive line preview, literally word for word, Chris Jenkins is one of Michigan's biggest breakout players on the team and earns all-conference honors. That's That that was my prediction. Really liked his how he finished last season. I mean, he was getting close to starter-level snaps, actually. I think that got overlooked a little bit. Yeah, just a really, really effective player against the run, really good at reading plays and, and understanding you know, where he needs to be and actually, here's here's one stat for you. He had 22 tackles last season. Steve, that was the most from a first or second year defensive tackle at Michigan since Willie Henry had 31 in 2013. I mean, tackles. There's it's not it's not always the greatest stat for for defensive tackles, but but the the sheer number of tackles from a guy who wasn't even a starter. I mean, they had other guys. They had Christopher Hinton. They had Mozzie Smith. They had Donovan Jeter. They had you know, the, a, a whole slew of guys. And Jenkins, I think, showed to be ahead of schedule. You know, he was doing that at 275 pounds, but he wasn't he wasn't getting pushed around. And now he's even bigger. I think he's 285 now. And he's always been really strong on a pound-for-pound basis, and now he's starting to get toward that, that defensive tackle size. So very high on him. Steve, real quick, just since our, since our question marks and our predictions were the exact same, among the three, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Rayshon Benny, or you can throw another one, another one of those younger players in there. 
who do you think is the one people are talking about the most come November, December, and then maybe even like setting the tone for next season? I'm still going to say Rayshon Benny. Sure. Right. I mean, you probably I feel like too. we've heard the most <laughs> country stuff we, about him. We're just okay. I'm as enamored with Kenneth Grant as anybody is. And we know how excited Jim Harbaugh is about him too. I just, it's, it, it's not as easy as just, especially on the interior line. It's just not as easy as just walking in, being a big athletic body and being effective. It's he wasn't an little, early enrollee either. No. Now Graham was, which gives him a little bit of a leg up there. And to me, Graham. Graham is my choice in terms of who's talked about the most. Okay. So more. I don't polished. know if he'll have the most productive season, but I think he'll be the one that people are talking about the most. Sure. Come the end of the year. I can totally see it. I think those would be my two, like either Benny or Graham. I'd put Grant third all the while thinking that Grant is the guy that definitely has the highest ceiling of the three. Eventually. I just, I think it's going to, it'll take him a little bit longer. I'll tell you what, if we're talking about Kenneth Grant, if he's the guy that's the answer to this question, then holy cow, uh, then he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Cause you know, it's like I said, it is not that easy for interior linemen to just walk in and, and just dominate from day one. You know, he, maybe he's big enough. They could put him in some run packages, plug some holes, you know, cause he's a, he's just a massive dude. But as far as being a dominant, you know, all around threat at that spot, I just not immediately necessarily. So again, good problem to have for Michigan, two freshmen that we think could be the most talked about at the on the interior line. Uh, but I'm going to say Ray Sean Benny just because a uh, broader body of work at this point and a guy I know Michigan's long really liked and been excited about. They've loved his progression. I, I think they, he's the one I think they're actually really expecting stuff from, you know, I think you get something from Graham or Grant. I think it's, it's icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, um, but Benny is a guy I think they're expecting. And I, I again, I, we keep, uh, I'm still on the George Rooks thing too. Uh, maybe a little bit of a different skill set, but I think they're expecting things from him too. So, uh, but I would say, I'll say Rayshon Benny for sure. Yeah. I think that's, I think you can go that way. I, 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 I remain intrigued by Graham. I think he was under, even though he was highly ranked, I think, I think his, Ascension his senior year, I think was undervalued in his recruiting ranking. I think by the end of the year, I don't know if it'll be September, but I think by the end of the year, I think Graham is is being discussed as you know one of the future faces of Michigan's defense. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. Be sure to check out all of our stories, uh, including previews on every position group over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Be sure to listen back to the offensive episodes you can i all of them are 25 minutes or less so you can kind of breeze through them you know in your work commute or while you do some chores so love the feedback that we've gotten so far and looking forward to make the rest of these we'll uh, see you for the edge position this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast